This is Rama for Today. This Sunday school secretary, she got mad at the pastor, and she knew I wouldn't take them, but, but my mother-in-law and dad-in-law was business, and we come back, and my mother-in-law said, here's some money that a lady left here wanted you to have. I knew in my spirit that it was this woman and her tithes. And we described her. She lived right next door. And then, then, then we got to look out that way. You know, mother-in-law said, yeah, that's her. I said, now that's her tithes. So I just marched over there and said, this is your tithes, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm mad it's old so-and-so instead of calling him brother so-and-so. I said, you take them right back over there and give them to him. They don't belong to me. Love, Love. worketh, Work no, ill. no ill, no hurt, no hurt. To, anyone. to anyone. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan and his series on Love the Way to Victory. I pastored. I pastored nearly 12 years. I pastored a church down in East Texas during World War Number 2. Now, on either side of me, right on the way, I, I was two blocks off of old Highway 80, you know, and the, and the old highways went right through town, you know. And then three miles to my west was another church right on the highway of the same full gospel denomination. Three miles to my east was another full gospel church, same denomination, right on the highway. And here my church was, you see, just two blocks off of the main highway. Now this church to my east, I had members that would come by that church to the west and come to my church. I had folks right around me that would go to those churches and vice versa, east or west. But right around my postage, right across the street in front of my postage, one of the men, one of the board members of this church to my east lived. All he had to do, and, and I had weeknight service on Thursday night. They had weeknight service on Wednesday night. And, and I'm a teacher, so they would come on Wednesday night and enjoy it. The other fellow, their pastor, was more of a preacher instead of a teacher. And, and so he'd just walk across the street. And then right beside of him, which would be kind of cornered across the street in our passage, one of the ladies and men of his church, the lady was the missionary lady, Sunday school teacher, and also headed up the ladies' missionary program in his church. And then right beside my parsonage, right beside it, his Sunday school superintendent lived, and the, and the wife was secretary and treasurer of the Sunday school. Well, some of my board members even suggested that I should encourage them to come to my church and should get them. I said to my board member, I'm not a sheep thief. Amen. No, sir. If they want to come and visit and we're having services, fine. But I'm not tampering with anybody else's mem church members. Now, you understand if somebody's a member of some old dead church that tells them that tongues is of the devil and healing's been done away with, I would encourage them to leave that church, not necessarily come to mine, but go somewhere, bless God, where they can get the truth. But I'm talking about fellow Christians, you see. I mean, members of the same church. No, sir, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to steal anybody's sheep. And then not only that, but this man, this board member right across the street had a good job. No oil company, you know. The oil field, oil field in East Texas then was booming. And he said to me one time, Brother Higgins, my wife and I have been talking about it. He said, you know, uh, gasoline rationing is on. We have to drive. It's not all that far, but... We, we, we don't have to get in the car. We can just walk across the street and come to your church. We've been thinking about changing and coming to your church. 
I said, no, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Now, see, I knew something. I had good fellowship this past. They, they, they've got one. Uh, it's very, very, very unusual for a full gospel church to have a brick church. My church is just a frame church. The other church to my west was a frame church. But out of 80 full gospel churches of our denomination, there's only three brick churches in all of East Texas, and this was one of them. And, and they're struggling to make their payments. They need his finances. I mean, they take his finances away from his life, they're liable to go under. And I said, no, no, you don't come to my... Now, come visit when you want to, but they need your tithes. They need your finances there. I'm not going to do ill or hurt to my brother. Well, he said, Brother Hagin, I appreciate that. I, I, I thank you. I said, no, you stay there. They need you. They need you. I know they need you. They need your money. They need your finances. Don't you do it. Now, th this Sunday school secretary, she got mad at the pastor. And she knew I wouldn't take them. But, but my mother-in-law and dad-in-law was business. And we come back... And my mother-in-law said, here's some money that a lady left here wanted you to have. I knew in my spirit that it was this woman and her ties. And we described her. She lived right next door. And then, then, then we got to look out that way. You know, mother-in-law said, yeah, that's her. I said, now that's her ties. So I just marched over there and said, this is your ties, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm mad it's old so-and-so instead of calling him brother so-and-so. I said, you take them right back over there and give them to him. They don't belong to me. Love, Love. Worketh. worketh, no ill, no, Ill. No, hurt. no hurt, to anyone. To anyone. Well, I'm not going to do it. I, give him, I said, okay, I'm taking them over and giving them to him then. I went over there and said, brother, here's sister so-and-so's ties. She left at the house and I wasn't there for my mother-in-law. I knew in my heart this wasn't right. Well, he said, brother, if she don't pay him here, I'd rather you'd have them anyway. I said, I don't want them. They belong to you. I asked her. She said to me, she said, I think that, uh, I just told J.D. that was her husband. I, I told him, and the little boy, what's his name? Larry. Larry. I told J.D., uh, let's just join Brother Hagin's church. I said, no, you're not going to join my church. Now, I wouldn't mind having J.D. and Larry, but I wouldn't have you. <laughs> but none of you is going to join my church. I said, I wouldn't have you. Well, she said, Why? I said, I don't want you talking about me like you do your pastor. <laughs> now you go back over there where you belong. And she went back over there where she belonged. <laughs> now finally, this other family lived catty-cornered across the street. He got to where he wouldn't go over there. He, he, he'd, he'd show up my services every time. Well, I can't control him. He, he, wouldn't, he never said anything, never talked to me. But one day he said to me, he said, Brother Higgins said, my wife and I, and she'd come only on Thursday night and go to her church every time. He said, uh, we, we decided to change churches. We want to join your church. I've been coming here. Well, in this case, now I felt a little different thing here. I, I knew a little something. So I said, well, I, I'll talk to your pastor. Unless he's agreeable and, re and he recommends you and it's agreeable, uh, why, we will not do it. We, we wouldn't accept you. I'll talk to him. Well, he said, okay, go ahead and talk to him. So I said to him, I told him what he told me. And, and the pastor said, Brother Hagin, I, I hate to lose her. It's just like losing your eye teeth to lose her. Well, well, she's the best worker in my church. But he said, for his benefit, I'm going to insist that you take him. I've got enough sense to know that everybody can't fit in with everybody's program. And he don't fit in with me. In some way or another, I, I can't understand him. He don't fit in with me, and I don't fit in with him. I didn't tell him, but I understood him exactly. I knew exactly where he's coming from. I knew it mostly by, the, by revelation in my spirit, by the Holy Ghost. And knew it could help him. And I said, well, I want you to know this. I will not accept them unless you say so. 
I'm going to insist that you do it. I believe that you can help him. And for his benefit, now see, that pastor's acting in love. He realized that the man needs help. He believes I can help him. I didn't tell him, but I knew I could. And thank God I did. Thank God I did. We rescued him. But see, I would not, if this pastor did not feel right about it and did not insist, I would not have taken those people into my church. I'm going to act in love. I said, I'm going to act in love. Whether anybody else does or not. Amen. Why? It can cost me my life. I'm going to live my full length of time out down here below. If Jesus doesn't come, praise God. Without sickness and disease. It just, it's just so much better, praise God, to, to be well than it is to be sick. Amen. That's the reason you can't get a lot of these people healed. Preach, preachers need to know that. And you need to preach that in your church. Amen. I don't preach it in crusade because it don't fit in crusade. Once in a while I get off on a little bit. We're in a different area. Are you listening to me? But that's one reason that we never did bear one church member in 12 years of pastoral work. Because we'd get that kind of truth into him. Now let's go on reading. Notice, love does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self-seeking. It's not self-seeking. This love doesn't insist on its own rights. See, we'll never make it until we start believing in God and believing in love because God's love, so we believe in love. It's the best way and it's your way. Let's go on reading. Love is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Amen. You know anybody's made perfect in love yet? <laughs> you can see that love is perfect, isn't it? But it's not made perfect in us. But God wants it to be. I said God wants it to be. Let's read it again. Love is not, that's amplified translation, is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. You see, here is love's thermometer. Here is the love gauge. It's easy to find out whether or not you're walking in love when you take account of the evil done to you. You're not walking in love. As long as you walk in God and stay full of the Spirit and let love dominate you, you won't take account of the evil done to you. Like I said, through the years, things have happened to me just as they've happened to you. I've had ministers, fellow ministers, even relatives tell me, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't put up with that if I was you. They even told me I must have a weakness in my character, fellow ministers. No, it's not weakness, it's strength. Because love never fails. Many have failed. And they've died prematurely because they lived so in the natural that they couldn't take advantages of the privileges of their privileges and their rights as a child of God, the things that belonged to them. They were always fussing and fighting until it had an effect on their entire being, including their bodies. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. Say that out loud. Love, Love. takes no account of the evil done to it. Amen. Now that has to be the God kind of love, doesn't it? Amen. Because you see, the Bible tells us that we were enemies of God and God didn't take account of the evil done to it. God so loved the world. Hallelujah. 
that he sent Jesus to redeem us. He loved us while we were yet sinners. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. And we have a good offer. I like this offer. That's right. You know, one of the things that I just really like to minister on is finding the perfect will of God yes, yes, for your yes. life. Uh, because it's like when you are in the perfect will of God, you know, it doesn't say that life's going to be easy, but God right. gives you the grace to right. navigate through. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. That, that's what we've got. Yeah. Uh, we've got your dad's two CDs on um, how you can know the will of God. That's important yes. to know how to hear from God. Uh, we have your CD, A Place Called There. Yeah, that's a, and, that's a great message. Yeah, and you know, in that, honey, you talk about that sometimes... Uh, in following God's will, it may seem like it's a demotion yeah. when really it is a promotion, but you just don't see the future. You don't, you don't see past that, that, you know. That's right. And my book, God's Positioning System, and it's following God's plan in a fast-paced world. We yeah. live in a fast-paced world. You know, we depend upon GPS now. Right. And uh, But with God, God is the perfect GPS. You know what? I was thinking about the fact that sometimes the natural GPS, it takes you to the wrong place. Yeah. And But God never takes you to the wrong yes. place. Hey, and that, that's a $32.95 offer. Yes. But we're giving you for 50% 50, 50 off. off. Sixteen fifty dollars for right. all of it. Hey, go right there and order that right now. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.